Hi, I'm referee Mark Fralick. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. My guest today is Evelyn Hammonds of Columbus, Ohio. What you'll notice with this podcast is definitely different than recent guests that I've had here. And what you'll notice is Evelyn's soft-spokenness. She's a self-proclaimed introvert, but don't let that fool you. She packs a load of knowledge when it comes to basketball officiating. We actually begin this interview outdoors, but it took itself inside when the crickets decided to take over the sound, which is really kind of humorous. <laughs> so, but try to focus on your attention on Evelyn's message because she shows you that you can be soft-spoken and yet be an extremely effective basketball official. She has the voice of experience, knowledge, and it was certainly a pleasure to have her spend some time on the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. Hey, if you want to support the podcast, you can buy me a caramel apple cider. You guessed it. I think you knew about that already. Go to anchor.fm backslash mark hyphen and click on the support button. You have the opportunity to select how you want to buy that caramel apple cider to help support this podcast. There's a 99 cent option, a $4.99 a month option, and also a $9.99 month option. I really appreciate uh, you doing that. Uh, thank you. Onward to Evelyn. Let's move on and hear what this state high school tournament final four official has to say. Enjoy the show. When you talk about quality female high school basketball officials in central Ohio, and in reality, really it's throughout Ohio, and, and it's not just female officials, it's quality overall officials in Ohio, one name most certainly will be in that conversation, and that's Evelyn Hammonds. A Columbus resident, uh, Hammonds has officiated in multiple state tournament games, and in that mix are three boys state tournament game appearance, appearances and one as an alternate. Uh, I was emailing back and forth with Evelyn prior to this interview, and at the end of her emails, a scripture verse read, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And I found that really interesting because here's a basketball official who has earned her success on the basketball floor and has every right to sit back, exalt herself, tell everybody how great she is, yet she remains humble, and really that is the way to go. And here she is today helping out other officials, and, and I really appreciate that. So, Evelyn, welcome to the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. Thank you, Mark, and thank you very much for uh, asking me to do this. Yeah, so you're a retired state government worker. What are you doing with all your free time these days? There's no free time. I am busier now than I was when I was working. That's what everybody and says at retirement. <laughs> I know, and I, and, and I thought they were crazy, really, Mark, I, because I, I'd always sit back and like, how could you be busier and you have all this time? Well, in reality, you don't have all that time. What we did was we scrunched so much in to that week when we had games, and, and so, you know, you had to get things done, and, and, and somehow you got them done. But now, in retirement, it's like, okay, well... I'll, do, I'll work on this, and, and I think I have a little ADD. So then I'll start on one thing, and I'll go over to the next room, and I'll look at something else. I'm like, oh, I should be working on this. And I go do that. So I never seem to finish a project out completely. <laughs> and that's okay. You're allowed to do that in retirement, right? That's that's what you're supposed to do. 
Right, right. Well, the way this uh, podcast is set up, and for those who are not familiar with it, we, we set it up just like a basketball game. We start with our pregame, and uh, we have a discussion there, and then we go into uh, the first quarter, and we go into the second quarter. Um, we go into halftime, take a little break, then we come back with the third and fourth quarters. We have a little bit of a pregame or a postgame, and then we go with the ever-popular Five Quick Decisions, which features five, eh, maybe three different questions this week. So we're going to kind of change things up a little bit. And uh, we did a little prep work for Evelyn, so there won't be any any pressure on getting things uh, answered off the top of her head. And that's good because um, since I switched it up, she hasn't been able to... Uh, uh, to, to figure that out yet so we'll we'll take care of this for you Evelyn all right I've got it all taken care of so <laughs> let's start with the pregame and before we start with the pregame I'm just asking you to please support our sponsor hey ref if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough candid and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding extrusion, or blow-molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. Okay, so we're in the pregame now, and uh, Evelyn, just talk a little bit about your journey into officiating. How did you get into it, uh, into wearing the stripes? Well, I, uh, I was got a good friend of mine and we used to play basketball together and she ended up getting injured and so she started officiating and in that following year she she finally talked me into hanging up my shoes on running up and down the court and, and putting them on the stripes and calling the game and I tell you Mark I thought I knew something about basketball when you're officiating it's a totally different game as you from when you're playing that's what a lot of officials uh, that have been either coaching or that played the game, uh, they say the same thing. Because once you put on those shoes, lace it up, and get out on the floor and have to make those quick decisions, it truly is uh, more pressure and um, some quick decisions that you have to make that really um, a lot of people just don't understand that. I always say let them, walk, let them get out on the floor one time. <laughs> <laughs> one time and see what happens. Maybe instead of for a three-man, we should just um, have two experienced officials and then bring a fan out for the third. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a treat. <laughs> I'm not sure if that treat's going to be in a good way or not. Huh? <laughs> It'd be an eye-opener for them anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Do you remember your first game? You know, uh, actually, I do. And... And this will go along with one of the other questions that you had initially asked me, but you probably change it up on me, but don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> but it, it was a game where uh, um, I was working a little middle school game, and the other official, he was he was kind of experienced, and of course, I'm raw as can be. I don't know anything, and uh, I get out there, and I, and I, I work hard, and I, and I go ahead and blow my whistle like I should, and it paid off because there was actually a coach who was who was pretty influential at that time, and it happened to be his son playing the game, hmm. and he kind of put my name out there. So it it pays to work hard 
all the time because you don't know who's watching. Yeah, no matter what game level it is, too, right? Correct, correct. How about your first varsity game? Do you remember that? That one I don't remember. Now, how long, do you remember how long it took you to get up to the varsity ranks? It was probably about four, three, four years. Yeah. Actually, four, probably, I'd say. Okay. And what you, you talked earlier about running up down the floor, up and down the floor as a basketball player. Did you just were you just playing in uh, like intramural league or, or uh, uh, Y ball or something like that before you got into officiating or, or were you on a college team or where were you at playing ball? Yeah, I, I, I actually played all during high school and, and then I, I played a couple years in college as well. But then I, after college, you know, I was running around. Just there's a bunch of different little pickup games here and there, open gyms, and I go and play there, and, and you know, like you know, figured out I, I may get hurt here. I have a real job I have to go to, so <laughs> there's another reason to, to stop stop trying to run up and down the court. So, well, since we're in the pregame segment, um, talk a little bit about how important a pregame is prior to walking on to the basketball floor. Oh, it, it is, um, it's major, uh, especially if you're working with, uh, say we call it blind date. You go to a blind date where you haven't worked with either of these other officials and you have to know what, how this person sees the game, what do they like to call, what are maybe some of their weaknesses, and hopefully, you know, they'll share that with you. And, you know, same way here. I try and let them know, okay, I'm going to work on this tonight because you know, maybe in a previous game or something, I didn't do such a great job. And then you also have to look at the teams. And, and I don't really look at records. I know a lot of people do. But I don't look at records because each night you go out, that team could be totally different because we don't go out and officiate the same way every night. They don't come out and play the same way every night. So it's, it's important to, to make, make some adjustments if we need to. And we, and we talk about that in pregame. They... Um, and then if you have an opportunity on a timeout or something and, you know, if you see something and you try and get together with your partner briefly and say, hey, keep an eye on this or keep an eye on that. So I think that pregame goes throughout the game somewhat. It can change. So, you know, but, but it's very important to, to know where your partners are and, and, you know, how long they've been doing it and how comfortable, though, how comfortable they are and, and make them comfortable as, as you can. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a good way to spend the pregame. And I'm going to throw out another unscripted question for you. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, you know, for all of the state tournaments that you worked, uh, Evelyn, how do you become, how have you become such a good official? And I, and I don't say that as I want you to come out and brag about it, but I think for officials that are listening to this, you know, they might be either just starting or have a few years under their belt, and they're wondering, you know, how can I get to the the next level in officiating? Maybe talk about how you were able to accomplish that, because all of us officials know that it's just not us um, that makes that climb up. We always have help. So, but just kind of talk about your way of getting up to that, what, what I would call maybe an elite level. Well, um, uh, I, 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 I like to think I work hard at every game, every game I go out and, and officiate. Um, and 
you know, it's, I got lucky. I happened to be in the right places at the right time. And, and, and so I was very fortunate in what I have accomplished. And you just, you just have to keep digging in. And, and sometimes, you know what? That best official may not be on the state bank. It just may be that person that, that, you know, happened to be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. But but you have to go out and you have to go out and work hard every night, and you have to. For me, I believe you can't wait for the season to get into season shape. You have to work hard in the off season, especially nowadays. More and more of these more and more of these people are working hard off season to get ready for the season. Yeah, they really are, and I I see that especially in the college game. Um, where where the the officials all look the part and um and i wholeheartedly agree with you that in the high school level you've really got to be ready to go right from the first scrimmage and, and yep. uh, that takes a lot of effort during the off season without question yes, so it does. Yep. so that brings the end of our pre-game and as we head to our first quarter this first quarter is sponsored by this hey ref this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe successful and fun year on the hardwoods hey ref click on www.pq-2.com okay so we're entering our first quarter and the first quarter talks about coaches and communication and that's all about the first quarter. So talk a little bit, Evelyn, uh, Evelyn, about some of the most beneficial tactics that have worked for you in dealing with an upset coach. Well, upset coach, you know, everybody wants to be acknowledged at least. So, so you have to at least address them and, and say, I hear what you're saying or something along that line. But don't just – you can't just run by a coach – and, and ignore them because they're just going to become more upset. And, and that's with anybody, really. They, they want to be acknowledged. They want you to at least listen. And, and, and I, I try to go out and, and listen. Now, I can't say that – I know you had a question for me before. You may have changed that one. But anyway, it's <laughs> you like know me well. you get an upset coach. Well, you know, if I, if I know I've, met, I've blown a call – I'll let them rant and rave at me for a minute and, and go ahead and blow off that steam. And then, you know, I've had enough, then I've had enough. And, and I'll have to know that. But you have to you have to respect people, too, at the same time. You, you, you can't, you know, you can't yell and rant and rave at them just because they're ranting and raving. And I, I think you, you still maintain some professionalism with them. And if you talk calm, then they'll tend to calm down, I believe, as well. Yeah, you definitely don't want two people, uh, a referee and a coach, who are hot to go at each other because that just invites bad things to happen. And you're right, that respect level is, is huge. 
All right. So um, any specific encounters with a coach that you've had that might bring some value to the audience? I, I, I can tell, I worked the tournament game once. It was a, it was a holiday season tournament. And, and I know this, there was a coach in a game and I'm not going to give any names. Nope. Anything like that. Right. But, um, this coach became infuriated and I thought that the way we had handled things was, was, was wrong for this coach. And the coach ended up, you know, being ejected from the game, which I just didn't think was at all. And I actually ended up turning around and writing a letter to Ohio High School in reference to that coach. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, I think I think when we own up to our mistakes and how we handle things with without that person being punished, then I try and do that as best we can. That because that person didn't deserve what happened. Well, that just speaks volumes about your character as an official as well. So, um, and that, those kind of things, that does bring value to other officials because they, they realize they're on the floor. We're going to make some mistakes. Not everybody's going to be happy with everybody else's decisions during the game as well. So going back to that game, is that something that you guys talked about after the game was over as a crew? Yes, we did. And we actually had an evaluator in there as well. And uh, that that person also brought brought it up as well. Mm-hmm. And so so and and we like I said we talked about it and and just felt like I needed to to send something to a high high school because that person was going to receive some penalties that they did not deserve. Yeah. So when you're facing a, a coach uh, like this, or even a player, but mainly since we're talking about coaches now, how do you maintain that professionalism when a coach is uh, in your face, yelling at you? How do you remain calm and, and professional? Well, I, I try to talk them out down off the ledge, first of all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, if, and if that doesn't work, then uh, and, I've, and, I, and I've listened to them for a minute, and if they continue – then I have to step up and, 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 and take control of the game. And if that means assessing a technical foul, then I assess the technical foul. So that ends our first quarter. Great discussion points with Evelyn Hammonds. And uh, we're going to head to the second quarter, and we thank our second quarter sponsor. Hey, ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. So we begin our second quarter, and we talk in the second quarter about players and communication. Uh, so, Evelyn, what can you say about working with the players? What's helped you the most in communicating with them? Again, just acknowledging them and letting them know, hey, I, I hear what you're saying. I know you want me to watch something, a particular player or watch a particular player. And I say, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you. And, and you know, you 
might joke around with them a little bit and here or there and just to let them know, you know, you have a human side as well. You're not just out here enforcing some rules, you know. And so, um, you know, it's like lower level games and I still enjoy doing lower lower level games. And so I'll get out there and I'll I'll encourage the kids. Hey, it's all right. Keep shooting the ball. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to get it, you know. So try to offer some encouragement. Do you find that um, we talk about talking with the players and the players talking with us, that they are talking to us more every year? I, I've found that, at least in our games, and, and I don't know if the watching the college game has something to do with that, but I find a lot more high school officials will just come up and start a conversation. Have you found that as well? Yes, yes. And, 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 I, and I think that's a good aspect. I think because the kids need to know. Right. This person here to, you know, be mean or anything like that. They're, they're actually pretty neat. They actually have a human side. You know, you may ask a kid, so what year are you in? And where you plan on going to school? Huh? You know, think little things like that. I, I think it means a lot to them. So we talk about communication with the players. Um, do you find yourself talking to the players during the game? Um, and we refer to that, obviously. And I think those who have heard this podcast know I call it pro- um, uh, pro- proact I can't say it proactive officiating um, and do you utilize that voice quite a bit during the game initially I will and you know, I'll try and you know think, hey hands off uh, you know quick pushing or, or what have you just depending on what type of play is going on and you know, if you can prevent then I say by all means prevent and I think it'll just make your game that much easier and they know you're watching so they're not gonna do any. Hopefully, they won't do too many things that are just off the chain. So. Right. Yep. All right. So that ends our second quarter. We are going to take a break. We're going to go to halftime, and we will be right back. Hey, ref. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night. Ever have a thought while you're listening to this podcast? Man, I really wished he would ask this specific question. Well, if there's a question that you would like to ask an official, let me know. Uh, send an email with your question to markfralick at hotmail.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K-F-R-O-E-L-I-C-H at hotmail.com. Please include your name and where you're from, and I will ask one of the officials in an upcoming episode uh, your question. And as we exit halftime, we approach the third quarter and we thank our sponsor for the third quarter. Hey, ref, 
Rule 1, Section A, Article 3, and the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. So the third quarter is about officials, a communication with fellow officials, and crew dynamics. So let's talk a little bit about what officials can do to improve their crew cohesiveness. And you touched a little bit on this when we were in the pregame, that the pregame goes beyond the pregame. It goes into the game with your officials. It goes into the halftime. It goes into even the timeouts. So talk a little bit about what you do and what uh, you do during games to improve that cohesiveness with the officials. So, um, you know, again, we just, just talk and say, Hey, oh, what are you seeing out of this? Or, or what do you see with this team? Or we can't let this coach get away with something or we can't let this player get away with something. And just, it's just always talking about the game and have each other's back. That is very important. I, you can't go over to this coach and, and let them bat mouth your partners, any of them. And you can't, if your partner calls a foul and, you're, and, and that coach throw a hand, you have to have their back because they may not see it. And so I address it with that coach or what have you. But yeah. you have to always, you know, have your partner's back. Be a good partner. Yeah, that really is critical. And sometimes, though, Evelyn, you and I both know this, that we deal with some co-officials that um, maybe they don't want to listen to what you've got to say. How do you deal with those officials? Do you just let them... Uh, do their thing and uh, maybe they'll pay for it later or do you just in, continue to and try to encourage them throughout the game unfortunately <laughs> I, I mean sometimes you're just not going to get through to people and and they're just not going to jail with the other and I may be one of I may be that oddball out at some point I, I pray I'm not but I may be that oddball out at some point and, but if you can't bring them and get us all on the same on the same sheet, then I have to say I I tend to let them go ahead and and do what they're doing, continue to call the game the best I can. Yep. So, what kind of advice would you have for young officials moving from the lower level up to varsity? Just uh, listen, work hard. Own up to any mistakes that you you know, you make. Don't make excuses for you know something. Well, this happened. I didn't. You know, own up to it. And be be the best you can on and off the court. And you know, give yourself up first. <laughs> don't 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 necessarily make somebody call you out. Yeah, and when you and this kind of goes hand in hand. But when you look at younger officials, what impresses you the most? Um, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of these officials in JV games, but maybe it's communication, maybe it's their thirst for knowledge, or the mechanics, or the judgment, or maybe it's all of the above. But what kind of things impress you uh, uh, with the uh, up-and-coming up and officials? Well, um, I, I'll tell you, we used to have a, and, and we still kind of have a mentoring-type deal going on, so that the varsity official would go in at halftime. You know, you get there early enough to watch some of your 
some of the JV officials or what have you. And if they can make adjustments off of what we've talked about at halftime, and, and you don't give them a lot. You, you can't give people a lot because then they get confused. But if they make that one adjustment uh, and, and make it quickly in a game, I think that, that speaks monument to to who they are and where they want to go. Yep, yep, I agree. So as the third quarter ends, we want to remind you that the fourth quarter is sponsored by this. Hey, ref, the fourth quarter is crunch time. With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. So we head into the fourth quarter, and quite honestly, the fourth quarter and from here out are kind of my favorite parts of the podcast because we get into game situations of sorts. So the game is tied at 60 to 60, and there's five seconds remaining in the game. Team A has the inbounds underneath their own basket and has called a timeout. What are you and your partners going to discuss during the timeout? We're going to talk about making sure we get a good look at whatever's going on. We're not going to change up any way that we've called before. We're going to let those kids decide who wins this game. If they win the game, if we go to overtime, we go to overtime. Okay, similar situation. Only Team B is ahead 62-60 with five seconds to go in the game. Team A has the inbound underneath their own basket, and they call the timeout. Now what are you going to talk to your partners about during the timeout? We're going to kind of talk about the same things. It's, let's say, for instance, team A has a, a bomb shooter, meaning like they shoot off from three, and they have a very good shooter. We'll try and make sure, I'll say, like, okay, let's keep an eye on this. This possibly could happen. They're going to try and probably free up this person to, to get a clear shot. Let's make sure all screens are legal and, and, and everything like that. And you also look at the foul count to see where they're at with that in case we have to have, a, if they're not in the bonus. Um, right, so we'll be prepared to, you know, know where the ball is, where it's going to be put in the bounds, if we're going to put it in bounds, or what have you. Right. Yeah, I, I think people, when they look at this, they, you know, there's so many different things that we have to look at as officials with it, with that time limit, whether it's 10 seconds or 5 seconds that those times that we talk during the timeout, especially at the end of the game, are so critical um, that that maybe is one of the mis- most, not misunderstood, but one of the most overlooked things that, that uh, we do. Would you agree? I definitely would agree. I, I, I think they think that we just go through the game and, and that right there at the end, and we shut down. We are all, I think, at least for me, we are still officiating that game right up to the last minute that last second you have to because anything can happen especially with the scenarios you just gave yep and probably some of the worst feelings that we get are 
after the game and if something goes wrong that we didn't plan on happening and we have to go back to the locker room and really think about it and talk about it and then and that, and that carries over you know overnight and then into the next game and we you know we obviously let it go after after that game but still that I've known I know I've had some situations after a game where some things happened that really didn't go the way I wanted them to go or way we wanted it to go as a crew and it just kind of sticks with you the rest of the night. I get it so bad I can't sleep that night. So oh, yeah. I, yeah. It, it does. I agree with you, Mark. I didn't mean to cut you out, but no. I, I definitely agree with you on that. And you can't wait to get to your next game to try and work on whatever it may have been. And sometimes you just don't have any control over what happened either. And, but, you know, you just want to get in that next game so you can try and knock that other one out of your head. Yep. And hopefully you have a good outing that next game. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. So when you um, are in a tense situation like this, Evelyn, what kind of habits do you use that could be helpful for other officials to re- to keep yourself calm, to keep yourself focused during the tense situations? I, you know, I, I do a lot of self-talk, and, and that's in most everything I do, a lot of self-talk, and, and I'll run scenarios through my head. I'll try to run, like, okay, what if this happens? And how am I, I going to handle this situation? So a lot of self-talk and just, you know, playing images in your head and, and, and working through it. And see, and you, have, you have to always see yourself coming out on top. That's a great and point. Setting yourself up to be in a good position. Yep. Those thoughts have to be positive thoughts, right? Yes. Yeah, great point. So when you look at officiating, and I know you're retired, <laughs> I always have to bring that up. But what do you gain from officiating in your professional life I, before you were retired, and even now? But what do you gain from it professionally, and, and even in your personal life? You know, I'm an introvert. In case you didn't know that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> but with officiating. It, it actually has brought me out of my shell um, quite a bit. I mean, my, i tell you, my first probably year or so, if I didn't know you, I, you wouldn't have got a whole lot out of me. I might have said <laughs> hi, and I wasn't being standoffish or anything like that. I'm just an introvert. I, I'm just not a talkative person. I'd rather sit back and listen, and and then I'll, you know, jump in there. So so it's helped me in that manner, I would say. Um, it, you know, it helps you to look at things from, from more than one side. Um, at least for me, it did uh, professionally. So, you, you know, you, you, you're going to have, there's two sides to everything. And you just have to kind of step back and, and look at those things. Yep. And that concludes our fourth quarter. And uh, we're going to head to post game. And post game is sponsored by this. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials And then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. 
never ride home wondering if you made the right call. So in the post game, we have just one question, maybe two. You know, I like to go off script a little bit. Evelyn knows that by now. So, what? <laughs> so Evelyn, what is the best advice that you ever received from an official? To just, uh, you know, actually maybe continue to work hard, share what you can with others. And, and and by them saying that, it actually gave me a little more confidence as well. And, you know, so I, I just try and carry that on. I, you can't, if you have that knowledge and you don't share it, which is kind of what I've always heard, then it means nothing. Yep. Did you have a mentor? I probably had a few mentors. Uh-huh. <laughs> because each one, I think, offered a little something different and and so you you kind of take what you can what you can use and and then you know you you let the rest make the rest of it you may let go to the wayside but then you pick up something else from this other person and i'm always trying to learn so and i'll go into a game right now if i have a jv official and they stick around i said what did you see because you guys are helping us because Sometimes after we do this for a while, as you well know, we, we kind of get comfortable. But but there are things that we probably should be doing, and it's just so habit for us that we go out and do what's natural for us. So I always ask them, what, what do you see? Help me out. Who have been some of the influential officials for you? you I don't know if you know, but uh, it was a late Wayne Roller. He was oh, very yeah. influential. He became, he was also an assigner here in Central Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, he helped a lot of officials out when, when other when other signers wouldn't give them a sniff. And he especially helped women. Yep, I remember he Wayne was, Roller's name very was, well, yep. He was probably one of the first assigners that would actually put women and actually put an all-women's crew on a boys' game. How is that? Um, and, and I'm going off script on this, so <laughs> sorry about that. But it, you talk about an all women's crew on a boys' game. Is that really any different? For me, I would say, and and probably for a lot of the other women, I would say, I apologize if phone's ringing in the background. That's fine. I would say no. <clears throat> um, but I know for coaches, especially when. Uh, Years ago, when that first happened, they would be they would be like, "What the heck? We got all women on this game." But you know what they would say afterwards, and what they would tell him, and we had officiated. Yeah, the game's done right, which it should be anyways, because you, if the crew is, uh, if the crew is is performing well and to and and performing consistent, consistent. Uh, that's you know that, that shouldn't matter yes what about the best advice you ever received from a coach mm. that's always a tough one for a lot of people because there's not a lot of communication but maybe uh maybe a coach said something to you that kind of stuck with you and and affected you throughout the rest of the season that you're like hey, you know what he was right or she was right 
I don't know if it was advice per se, but I know, you know, you hear a coach or a coach tell you, you guys did a good job. We didn't notice you on the court tonight. Yeah. It means you didn't over-officiate. You let, you let the game be played within itself and let the, let the kids decide, which you try to do anyway. But if you're just, you're just blending with them, that's a, that's a good compliment that you can get from someone yeah that's really one of the best ones you can get and that nobody notices throughout the game so that's good so uh we're finished with the post game how about that you you survived all of the the pre-game the quarters and the post game now we've got one more segment to go and our final segment is sponsored by this hey ref PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448 and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Okay, you ready? Uh, I guess. (laughs) All right, so we're into the five quick decisions. As you know, officials, we have to make those quick decisions during a game. And so we're going to make some quick decisions right now with Evelyn and so, Evelyn, oftentimes on a Friday or Saturday night, even probably during the week, on occasion, we're fed by the schools that we're, we're at. And some of the food, it could be pizza, could be popcorn, could be hot dogs, could be leftover hot dogs. I don't know. But what's some of the best food that you ever had at a basketball game? Probably some chicken and noodles, homemade chicken and noodles at a couple schools. And then also... When you do some of these post-holiday tournaments or so, and they all have a real nice spread, a little room and everything for officials to go into that either eat before or either after the game. And they'll sometimes cater that in or some or some of the parents will bring things in. That's probably the best. Yeah, that, sound, that even sounds good, yeah. <laughs> so, what, what's the best basketball floor, not counting any college floor, but what's the best basketball floor you ever worked on? It, it would have to be years ago when Pickerington first, Pickerington Central at that time, they, they were the only one, but when they first got their new floor in, it, you just would run up and down that floor and it just spring off of it. So your legs felt so light and, and Look, you didn't have to come home out an ice the next that night. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen on occasion, no doubt about it. I know the older yes. I get, the older I get, I know that happens. So uh, here's uh, some new questions. Okay, if you could change one rule in high school basketball, what would it be? One rule in high school basketball, it would be that uh, warm-up time. I think it is way too long. Either they're going to be ready. They practice all week. They're going to be ready. They don't, 20 minutes is long. And not only that, 20 minutes is a long time for us to stand there. And they're a lot younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you expect us to get going right away. 
yeah, that's fine if we're young, but some of us older folks, it, it's kind of tough to get going. And so, you know, we stretch in the, in the locker room, then you have to come out and stand for 20 minutes. That's not it's not real fun. Yeah, I I agree. I was just going to say the same thing. We we spend our time in the locker room putting on, you know, capsation and Ben Gay and <laughs> and all of the other stuff that we, you know, the knee sleeves and the thigh sleeves or whatever <laughs> whatever all of us wear. And then uh yeah, we get on the floor and we got to stand there. And uh yeah, if it, some of us have gone to 15 minutes uh, up in this way. I don't know if you have as in in central Ohio, but some have gone to 15 minutes and that's been really good. It's harder on the scorekeepers to get uh, the, the names in, but I suppose if they do that beforehand, um, that would be a good thing. But, yeah, that I, I agree. That, that's a long time to, to stand out there. What about yeah. the jump ball? This is something that's not even talked about at all, but, you know, I know when I played, if there was a jump ball underneath the basket, we'd all circle around the foul line, and that's where the next jump ball would be between the two players that uh, that, that had the jump ball. So it could be a – Six five guy against a five eight guy underneath their own basket. Um, so would would you would you want to jump at the circle? Would you want to continue with the alternate possession, or would you want to do a coin flip to begin the game instead of the jump ball? You, you know you're dating us because that's <laughs> how it was when I was coming up as well. I know it's, it's, <laughs> those were good days yeah. though. You know <laughs> they were, weren't they? Yeah, they were. But I I, I tell you I like. The initial jump ball to start the game and then after that i the the alternating arrow is is a good i think a good part they put into the game yeah so you keep it the same so that's I good would. yeah there's nothing wrong with it uh most un, most most misunderstood rule in the game right now for fans and coaches to absorb i think it is still traveling it, it always has been and this is even tough for some of us officials. And, and I work hard at that one because it, it is. It's just tough to pick up that pivot foot a lot of times. And in fact, the coaches say, they travel, they travel. And I'll turn and ask them, well, which was the pivot foot? Usually they can't tell you. So then how do you know it's a travel? <laughs> so I, I think travel call is the toughest for me anyway. So I want to thank Evelyn Hammonds from Central Ohio in Columbus, Ohio. And you know, Evelyn, for being an introvert, we took about almost 40 minutes and we got a lot of great, great information out of you. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and joining the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. This has been a great time and I'm glad you were able to um, to join us and offer some fantastic advice for officials. Thank you again, Mark, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Sometimes we have to we have to get out of our lane, and, and, and this was one of those times for me. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Evelyn, thank you very much. She certainly did a great job today, and I appreciate having her on the show. Uh, don't go yet, though. I want to uh, thank first our major sponsor, uh, Matt Kearns, basketball official Matt Kearns, and his company, PQ2 LLC out of Northeast Ohio. Please definitely look them up on the internet and support uh, Matt and his company, PQ2 LLC. Uh, Also, again, I want to thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Please come back and enjoy some more episodes and listen to previous episodes as well. Have a great day. Until next time, God bless.